folding pocket. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Hello and welcome to The Fast and the Curious, where today, to start with, it's just Christian Hugill and me, Betty Glover. We're on our travels today, Christian. We've been sent out by Greg James. Um, Just explain to everyone where we are. For the second time in The Fast and the Curious history, we have come to the McLaren Technology Centre in Woking in England. Last time, I was on a solo mission with producer Jimmy. Uh, and for those who follow our social media channels, I got quite stressed in the car park. As always. If you know, you know. Uh, but this is your first time here, Betty. What do you think of this place? In this tunnel we're currently in, hence it sounds very echoey. Yeah, it's very, very cool, isn't it? I'll kind of paint the picture for you. You, you park your car. I park the old Skoda mm. in the car park. Get out. And I walk towards this, like, what I can kind of only describe as like a glass square. And then you walk in and you go down this spiral staircase and you, you're underground. You're basically, the building is underground and there are just McLaren cars, sort of like every angle all these mclarens from years gone by so for big f1 fans ranging from the sort of silver mclaren era of the 90s into the 2000s into the super shiny lewis hamilton 2008 title winning era then when the cars got darker then when they got orange they're sort of lined up in a row and it's just another one of these buildings where i could just be i could spend a day in here and never get bored it's sort of like the teletubbies do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't know what yes, you mean. Yes, you do, because when I you don't. walk up to it, it's like, it doesn't even look like a building. And then suddenly you go down these like round stairs and you end up underground. The Teletubbies building was underground, Christian. Okay, get with it. Anyway, <laughs> I don't understand why you're laughing so much. It's a good description of the, the McLaren building. Things. You're the only journalist who's ever been here who's, who's used that analogy. Right, don't embarrass me in front of everyone. All right, Christian, let's keep walking. Last time I was here, it was to talk to Lando Norris in one of our very early episodes of this season. Today, we're not here to talk to a driver, but we're here to talk to the boss of everything, of this whole place. Yeah, we've gone straight to the top, haven't we? The big boss. Now, one of the topics that we get asked loads of questions about on email and in the DMs is how Formula One is trying to get greener. Now, more environmentally friendly, right? And McLaren has launched a load of new information about how it's going to do that in the coming years. Well, I guess you could call that information very important. McLaren News. That was just lovely. And it (laughs) echoed really nicely around the building now the big boss of mclaren is ceo zach brown big f1 fans will know him if you've watched drive to survive you'll also know him he's american he's from la he's an ex-racing driver himself and he's been the ceo of mclaren since 2018 so shall we go and find him zach brown welcome to the fast and the curious how are you doing today Uh, all good so far Oh, good. This is your first time on the podcast. It is. 
Are you excited? Very excited. I couldn't sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> You've got a great poker face for a boss, we can tell you that much. <laughs> um, Zach, the thing we're first and foremost here to talk about at McLaren's shiny Spaceship Light Technology Centre today is your sustainability report. We get a lot of listeners asking us how Formula One's getting greener. So... For very simple people... It's always like, had a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> For very simple people like myself, how is McLaren getting greener and how is it working towards being greener and working with the sport? We uh, really started our journey in, in 2013, uh, before my time, starting with our facility. You know, everything here around uh, the MTC, as we call it, McLaren Technology Centre kind of has a has a purpose and a function with sustainability in mind. So, for instance, our our pond out there, our beautiful lake, cools our wind tunnel. The way the glass is designed mm-hmm. is to reduce the requirement for light because of the natural sunlight that comes in, the way the building's cooled. So this is something that kind of McLaren started on the journey, you know, almost a, a, over a decade ago. And so uh, last year we were the first Formula One team to ever produce a sustainability report which captures kind of where we've been, where we are today, but most importantly, where are we going? Why is it important for you? Well, first of all, it's the right thing to do, right? Uh, I I don't think there's anyone in the world that thinks, well, there's probably someone in the world. There's always uh, someone in the world. There's always always someone in the world. So so (laughs) most of the people in the world, uh, you know, we, we all are in kind of this race together right this isn't a competition against the competition this is about how can we all work together to make the the world a better place and i think we all know there's a a problem and it's not going to go away do you think the sport can ever truly be green do you think it's possible uh i i do i think there's also a lot of um elements which people don't understand we need to do a better job of communicating so everyone focuses on our our power unit uh because i think when you think of formula one you think of the starter going in and the engine firing up and it's loud and there's smoke coming out of the back that's actually not the the case you know our our power units now have a big battery element electric element the the actual race cars running around the world is less than one percent of the carbon footprint that formula one leaves behind so there also needs to be some education that some people view sustainability climate some people view it as safety the reality is it's all the above. One of the questions we get asked the most from our listeners is about, well, Greg James, our other presenter, who sends his apologies for not being here, describes it as... Let's take it personally. Well, no, no, I would. But um, <laughs> when he describes it as if he goes into a supermarket without a shopping list and you go and get one bit and you go and get the other bit, he sort of describes F1's calendar as, as like that. It goes, you know, we've got a race in Texas at, at the end of the year, a race in Miami at the start of the year. Would you like to see F1, and I know it's making efforts to, but sort of do more regionalization explain why that's a tricky thing to do yeah of course we'd love to see it i mean that's kind of you know low-hanging fruit as far as kind of logistically running around in a uh, more sequenced manner uh it is a big challenge it's something formula one is is working on uh, it's making progress but to give kind of the, the the viewers you know well why can't you just go from here to here to here to here you get into other sporting events, you get into holidays. So, you know, all of a sudden, if you wanted to move Las Vegas, if you moved it back a week, that's Thanksgiving in America. Doesn't work. You you know, you get into uh, Middle East start of the season uh, next year, it's Ramadan. So And weather as well. And you get into weather and things of that nature. You can't 
you know, run Europe in the start of the year or the end of the year because you come up against weather. So, you know, we can all kind of go, duh, you know, here are the 24 races. I'd line them out this way. But then as soon as you throw in, well, the football season starts here and Thanksgiving's here and weather's here, it starts becoming a a pretty complicated uh, jigsaw puzzle. Moving away from sustainability to, to more McLaren itself, it's such a massive name of the sport. I mean, I grew up watching it in the 90s where it was Ferrari versus McLaren. McLaren have always just epitomised Formula 1 I'm older one than me. you. I grew up and watching it in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, same thing. And same team. Only a McLaren. touch. Only a touch. He's got so many McLaren hats in his bedroom. I've always been a big McLaren guy. Always been a McLaren <laughs> fan. You run it. Like running McLaren, I find it fascinating. What's it like to run such a massive name of the sport? Is it a lot of pressure? Is it fun? What's it like being the boss? It's it's, it's all the above. It's it's a first of all, it's a huge honor and 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 privilege. I mean, what I tell the racing team is, you know, I work for them. They don't work for for me. My my job as CEO is to get the right people in the right place, give them the right guidance, give them the right resources and and motivation. They're doing all the hard work. So I think my my job is to work for the team uh, as the uh, as opposed to the other way around is how I view my uh, role and responsibility uh, comes with a lot of pressure. Um, I think anytime you uh, join a, a big sports team that has a huge uh, history, you know, expectations are, are high. Uh, no one uh, doesn't notice us, um, but that's part of the fun. And it's also very rewarding. You know, when we go back to when we started this journey in 2017, where we were to where we are today, there's been a lot of wins along the way, if you'd like. And then, of course, there's been speed bumps. You know, we kind of started the season off a bit rough, and we're not we're not out of that yet, but we're confident we will be, and the team's working very hard. And, um, you know, I think it'll make uh, winning and that next championship that much, uh, that much sweeter. Zach, there must be so much pressure. You kind of alluded to it there, but how do you deal with that? Uh, that's one of the reasons why we have Jack Daniels as a partner. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Brilliant. That's a great answer. So, that's, that's a great way to slide in a, spo- <laughs> a, a sponsor there. Um, <laughs> You know, first of all, you got to surround yourself with with great people. I've been around racing my whole life, and and uh, you got to learn how when you crash the car, kind of understand why. Get a little bit grumpy, but then you got to put the helmet back on and and go again. So, um, surround yourself with good people. Try not to react. I always tell everyone at the factory, you know, passion is a great thing. Emotion can be dangerous. So realize when you're in a passionate state versus emotional state. So you know, if you have a bad day at the office. Don't respond too quickly. You know, it's a classic case of, you know, you get you get wound up. You want to send that email. Just mm. Don't send an email when he cross. Put, yeah. put, put it in the draft and wake <laughs> up in the morning and see, do you still want to send it? So there's a lot of that kind of psychological mindset of, you know, kind of compartmentalizing and then uh, learning from from mistakes. Um, try not to make the same mistake twice. So, you know, take it all in stride. But, you know, there, there are days that it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty uh, tough, brutal job. And, you know, being at the top, um, when you go on to uh, Twitter and, uh, and, and, some of the, and, and some of those people uh, uh, come out, you know, they're, they're gunning for you. And you got to realize that uh, uh, those that do that are probably pretty uh, uninformed as to what's actually uh, going on. And uh, we've got some, some of the best fans in the world. So we got a lot of support. Has this year been quite tough for you? Have you found it quite tough? Yeah, this has been a, a tough year because, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 was kind of just a, a straight 
kind of shot up the, the charts up to, to winning our first race in, in almost uh, 10 years. 22 was okay. We had some driver issues, which obviously were well-documented. And then this year we got off to a slow start. I knew we were going to get off to a slow start this year because I felt that last year. And so we made season, uh, changes towards the end of the year early this year that were all in discussions at the end of uh, last year. But the way the, the sport works, you know, this year's car was done last year. So uh, Andrea, our new team principal, I, I couldn't be happier with, kind of called his shot at the launch and it's going to be a slow start. And so we knew it. So we weren't surprised, disappointed, of course, not as bad as it looks, but it's not as good as it should be. Um, but we're, we're, we're on the case. It's a development race. I think we've got good developments coming. But, yeah, the first, you know, three, four or five races, how many ever races we're in now? I think five. Uh, it's, it's been tough, but, um, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, is I think how that saying goes. We love your drivers on this podcast, and I don't want to cause any tension, but I might. I spoke to Lando in Miami. He had a great tan on him. I swear whenever he's on this podcast, he's always got a great tan. He does always have a good tan, yeah. And he said he's been playing golf, and he specifically said he'd been playing golf with the boss. Now, there was an implication from Lando, and I might be misreading this, but there was an implication that he has to let the boss win, the boss being you. I felt like it might be a good opportunity to get your side to that. Is there any letting win involved there, or... Is he? No, we 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 play to the death. When yeah, it comes <laughs> when it comes to golf, he's definitely not giving me any any strokes. It's pretty close. I think we just came back after Miami, and I think I beat him day one, and he beat me day two. So it's a oh, pretty, this is after Miami. Yeah, yeah, ah. and and we played before Miami. We 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 play some golf. So you you better than him? And uh, it's pretty close on a uh, per games basis. He's a lot better because he's been playing two years. I've been playing twenty years. But the actual scorecard, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty close race at the moment. We have a feature that's become incredibly popular on this podcast called McLaren News. It's Fairly simple in the sense that one of your lovely team tends to keep us updated and we, we put, uh, wondered if there was any left field exclusive news from McLaren that mm. you might be able to give us for McLaren news. It might be from your day. Might... Zach, before uh, you answer this, yes. Christian, you're going to have to sing the jingle you're gonna... in front of <laughs> Zach. Sake. I'm sorry, you've got to do it. You can't talk about McLaren news and not do the jingle. Right. I don't know if you listen to the radio a lot. We like. Uh, no, I tend to do like eighties music. I'm I'm, I'm an old guy now. We're all radio people, and like radio yeah. has jingles, so yeah. I, I sort of sing the jingle live. Yeah. Am I really gonna have to do yeah, this? Yeah, just quickly. Sort of goes like McLaren News. Do you like that? Yeah, that's very good. Thank that's you. Yes, I, I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> um, what's interesting and exciting around here? Well, we've got some new hires that we've yet to announce, which I think will. Uh, create create some news. Uh, that's always exciting. But uh, new people is always good. We're uh, you know we're locked and loaded with our drivers. Couldn't be happier with them. Uh, Andrea is doing a great job. He's done some restructuring around the uh, top of the leadership team. Uh, the balance of my leadership team couldn't be happier. Uh, Indianapolis. I know we're talking a lot about Formula One, but you know there's this race called the Indy 500. We have four cars capable of winning. I've done the math. It looks like there's about 14 cars capable of winning. So. Let's see what uh, Indy 500 brings us here shortly. The, and, and for any of our listeners new to the world of IndyCar, it's sort of the, the US equivalent of Formula One, if you like, the sort of US country version of Formula One. And it's such fantastic racing. We've got so many listeners to this podcast new to Formula One. I've spent a lot of time in IndyCar races. It's massively competitive. Some of my favorite drivers, Emerson, Fittipaldi, Mario Andretti, Nigel Mansell, they raced in both. I think that's really cool that they're 
Indy five uh, Indy car champions and Indy five hundred champions and Formula One. I like that yeah. kind of diversity. And then of course Senna's my favorite driver and 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 Mika. So I think I just named my top five favorite drivers of uh, all time. Uh, do you, do you have any pets, by the way? I have three dogs. Have you named them after some of your favorite drivers? Uh, I no, some I had a, I had, I had a rabbit named Senna way back when, oh. um, and I've tried that, but uh, I, I get blocked. I wanted to uh, name them after, uh, so no, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately not. I know it would be cool, wouldn't it? I, I wanna, think that would be great. Yeah. I was about to say I want to name a dog Jensen after Jensen Button, but I, I've maybe named my first born, actually. I've got so many questions that I want to ask you, so you're going to have to come back on. <laughs> I want to know everything. I want to know what you eat for breakfast. I want to know what makes you tick. All right, let's, let's You've stop You've got to come back. Okay, Betty's getting strange. Zach, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you so much. Well, that was Zach Brown, and myself and Betty Glover have wandered out of that room we were in through the tunnel Betty mentioned earlier, and we are now at the sort of front of the building by the lake that Zach mentioned. Which I must add, looks lovely. Looks gorgeous. Glorious, yes. And Betty, what is to our left? Oh, so I'm kind of leaning on the glass. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be doing this, but... um. Behind us is the race space. So this is basically where they bring the cars between races. It's like a big room. It almost looks like a scientific lab. Like you know, it looks exactly like you a know at lab. school yeah. when you when you go to science. But and like you've a got, super fancy one. Yeah, like I feel like there should be Bunsen burners popping up left, right, and centre. There's not, <laughs> but there's just like tiled flooring and loads of clever people working on um, cars. Well, to put it into context, there's a sign in front of me here that says no photographs we would not be allowed to stand here if this wasn't a podcast the fact that you can't see us means we can stand here so we are literally looking in to bits of formula one car betty's waving at some oh, people someone just said hello to me <laughs> there's Clever people man waving there. at us Aww. but we are looking at bits of formula one cars being made right. in front of our eyes christian, now. come over here to the left we're just, we're just kind of pulling christian across to the left what is that is that is that like the base body of that's, the car? That's where the driver sits. So we are looking at... A shell? Yeah, a shell of the middle bit of an F1 car. So where the driver sits. So, Betty, this might be even something for next season, future race weekends. This is literally where the Formula 1 cars we see on the track come to life. Very cool. Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, that is it for myself and Betty Glover on our road trip to McLaren. Let's hand over to future Christian, Betty and Greg, where we'll talk about the world of Formula One. Say goodbye past Betty. Goodbye past Betty. It's been nice knowing <laughs> you. Let's go to the future. Well, it was a tough act to follow the F1 phone in. And I think you've smashed it, team. That is a fantastic chat with, with Zach Brown. Mr. Brown, as I'd like to call him. <laughs> what did you make of him then? Really nice guy. It's so serious and he gets into the zone very quickly, doesn't he, Christian? Did you notice that he was kind of like on his phone doing his emails because he's very busy, he's got lots to do, he's got lots of multitasking to do, but then as soon as we press record, he's there, he's in the yeah, zone. They have to be focused team principles, don't they? And Our team principle isn't focused <laughs> half hey. the time. Hey, 
Why, what are you alluding to? The fact that I had to delay this because I couldn't find anywhere to eat in Dundee. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, you got lost, Greg, apparently, in Dundee. I got lost in Dundee. There's a lot of ring roads going on here and it doesn't really make a lot of sense from a town planning perspective. (laughs) Very much like Milton Keynes, home of Red Bull. Whenever you go there, you notice... 15,000 roundabouts. I feel like we might have drifted slightly off course in an unusual turn of events for this podcast. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> Zach reminded me of Toto and it's no surprise when we were lucky enough to speak to Toto Wolf in one of the really early episodes at Silverstone and they've got that focus and they can see the sort of intensity that they're listening to you with and they're sort of scoping you out. But it was, as Betty said, combine that with Zach with some genuine warmth he seemed like he was enjoying talking to us and he seemed really interested in what we were saying and he just seemed like a a very focused and very serious but very nice man well they have to be don't they because essentially these people are CEOs yeah at the heart of it no matter how fun the product is and the product is really fun it's just fast cars There has to be some quite serious people to make those decisions and essentially run the organisation. Especially in Zach's case, they're responsible for thousands of jobs and like it's where the serious bit meets the fun bit because, you know, if the McLaren car doesn't do well, not only is it people like Zach said on the chopping block, but it's the people under him. There's millions, billions of dollars invested in it and people like Zach have to soak that up. And Betty, you were saying, weren't you, that... you're sort of like a bit obsessed with how you deal with that. It's fascinating to know how to cope with all of that, isn't it? Yeah, I got a bit into Zach, if I'm honest. And I just thought, I would love to know <laughs> so much more about you. Like, I want to know how you tick, how you work. Like, I just want to know everything. Because can you imagine working under that amount of pressure every single day? In your case in particular, Betty, no, I can't. You messaged us 20 minutes before we need to be, needed to be there checking the address i sometimes wonder how you get yourself dressed i'll be honest with you i don't i don't think it's a life for you yes all right thank you christian this is unbelievable she has the cheek to call me unfocused (laughs) knowing you both i know who is the the most distracted humor betty you literally sent me a voice note singing yesterday with no context and no reason to, if I, let me let me let me see if I can get this because I do actually feel. Oh no, don't you dare! <laughs> so no, no, no. I think it's worth it. Oh god! Okay. Don't wake me up before you go go. Don't leave me hanging on like a yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh dear, yeah, fair. Fair play, fair play. You've won that one, Christian. Well, I love the chat and uh, I, I get what you mean, Betty. It's, it's, it's amazing to find out what makes these people tick. So the F1 lab then, tell us about the lab because I'm quite jealous of that. Oh, this was my favourite part of the whole entire day. I didn't even expect to see this. We're in some sort of like, kind of, is a bit like a museum, McLaren, isn't it, Christian? They just hang everything everywhere yeah the sort of main reception sort of doubles up as a bit of a museum with a load of with cars and stuff from yesteryear so yes exactly and there's this like glass window kind of like head to foot of the entire sort of building and they're like building stuff like there was a car being built right there in front of us wasn't there christian but that's where i thought of greg because greg's more of a car geek than i am right i love f1 but greg loves cars and bits of cars and like in this guy's hands was something that whether it be this year or next year will eventually will watch go around the track and there it was in this take quick fit 
and turn it into a massive science lab yeah. that's clean to within an inch of its life. And you've got that. <laughs> and it's like creating the Frankenstein's monster. I sort of felt my inner car geek come out. It's amazing they even let you see that because that feels like classified information <laughs> to see things being bolted together and refined yeah you can't take photos greg you can't film there you can't take photos so you know it was um it was touch and go with me and christian because we were stood there and we were like do we do we take a photo and send it to greg like do we risk it but we didn't i'm sorry i got all the ones that uh, producer jimmy sent to me secretly and i've passed them on to mercedes <laughs> Was I not supposed to say that? No, no, uh, no. Um, uh, but that new front wing for 2024 looks pretty good and Toto agreed. <laughs> Jimmy, for God's sake. So that was a really fun day out for you and I'm sad that I couldn't make it there with you and Zach sounded great. And now we turn our attention to Monaco, which I was thinking earlier is, I think... The second most famous Grand Prix of all the Grand Prix. Silverstone probably at one, Monaco at two. In terms of what people know about Grand Prix, I guess in this, this country maybe. In this country, yes, you're right. I would say it, globally, it's Monaco. It is, it is one of the world's most famous motor races. It's one of the sort of big three motor races in terms of prestige. And it's known as being the ultimate test of a driver's skill because you get street circuits. And what we mean by a street circuit is a circuit that, and Greg, you said you really like this about Baku, bless you, <laughs> where you are, the, the, the track is going through like a, a normal street where normally cars would be. Mm. And of course, that means it's tighter than normal. And Miami has elements of it too. But Monaco is an extreme because the walls are so tight. The tiniest tiniest mistake and you're in the wall it's just it's a proper spectacle to watch these massive f1 cars go around this track at 150 plus mile an hour the weird thing is that the apexes exist out of race season so when there's not a race there all the apexes around the hairpins and stuff in the actual center of, of monaco and i love that about it because you always see people pretending to be in a formula one car but they're in a sort of you know um, fiat 500 or whatever and and it's that's quite exciting because it, it adds to the yeah. drama of, of the place and speaking of monaco and speaking of where we've just been talking about going to mclaren it's not just thrown together this i can combine the two with some monaco special <clears throat> Producer Jimmy, ready with the sound effect. Oh, no. McLaren News. Thank you. So McLaren have released a special livery, a special paint job to run on the car for the Monaco Grand Prix. And it celebrates their, their triple crown. And the triple crown is the three most prestigious races in motorsport. So in the 1974 Indy 500, the massive American race, McLaren won that in 1974 with Johnny Rutherford. The 1984 Monaco Grand Prix with Alain Prost. And then they won the 1995 24 Hours of Le Mans. So they have put together a special livery that celebrates winning these three iconic motor races. And it is one of the prettiest looking F1 cars I have ever seen in my entire life. I am obsessed with it. It is black and white and orange. The traditional McLaren orange, but with white. It looks insane insane. Christian, I've got a question for you. 
Does adding paint make the car a little bit slower? Well, it does. And we, we went back to this at the very start of the Fast and the Curious when we were at Mercedes and Mercedes took the silver paintwork off in order to get more carbon on the car because they're chasing the weight limit. I think it basically tells us that McLaren aren't chasing the weight. So it, they were right up against the weight limit and then the engineers were told, oh yeah, we need to add a, a white a white paint job to it this weekend. You might get engineers going, well, no, you don't because we are bang up against it. It suggests that McLaren have a little bit of weight to play with. So it's a good question because that is a consideration. It's why you are seeing more black on the F1 cars this year, on the Alfa Romeo, notably, on the Mercedes, notably. I love it. I've just seen the video of the reveal. I'll tell you how indoctrinated I am into F1. That I was like, oh, I love the Google Chrome wheels. Oh, God. <laughs> no. It really works. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, go on, then. Who's, who's winning at Monaco, then? Isn't, doesn't Checo love a street race? Isn't that what they always say? Checo loves a street race. But, Greg, you know how we've very often done predictions at this point in the podcast, and you've gone, I think it'll be George Russell, or I think it'll be Fernando Alonso. Mm. Uh, and nothing against Red Bull. We've said and met how, how wonderful Red Bull have done this year. But obviously, the mutual would like a bit of a different race winner. This is the weekend, Greg, where if you were to make a prediction like that, it might just come true. Mm-hmm. Because with the Monaco circuit being smaller, for the reasons we discussed earlier in the podcast, it is more difficult for Red Bull to reap their massive advantage. For example, one of the advantages Red Bull has is its DRS is really effective. It's drag reduction system. That's the the wing flap that opens to give the cars a boost when they're going down the start-finish straight. It's more difficult for Red Bull to assert its dominance on this circuit. And that's why when we went back into the Mercedes dominant years uh, a few years back, Daniel Ricciardo won. Mm. You, you, you sometimes got a shock Red Bull win for similar reasons. But now the situation's flipped. So... Ferrari, Aston Martin and Mercedes, this might be their only chance to win a race on pace of the year. Qualifying will be massive on Saturday. It's so difficult to overtake. Strategy comes into it massively. So we might just see a Fernando Alonso, a George Russell, a Lewis Hamilton, a Charles Leclerc win. It is possible, my friends. Christian, what have I been seeing all over my social media about Mercedes? What have they What have they done to their car? What have uh, they changed? To put this into a very short answer, Mercedes have bought major upgrades. We know that teams bring upgrades throughout the season. And obviously, Mercedes, by their own admission, want to be lots closer to Red Bull than they, they are. They were supposed to bring these changes in for Imola. Obviously, the race got cancelled. So it's going to be quite tricky for Mercedes to bring in upgrades to Monaco because it's such an unusual circuit. So whether we'll get to see the full extent of Mercedes upgrades at Monaco will be interesting to see because it's so tricky to bring upgrades in. To really understand just how well it's worked, we're going to have to wait until the Spanish Grand Prix after Monaco, the next race. Can I make a wild prediction? I think you should, because they've, they've as I say, if it's going to happen, Greg, it's going to happen this weekend. Lewis Hamilton's going to win. Oh, imagine. I love it. And here's the rogue shout. There'll be a McLaren podium. <gasps> Ooh. What McLaren news that would be. That would be epic. And I think it would be because we visited them the other day. So it would be because of me and you, Christian. Good luck charms, if if you will. Just feel, I can just feel it. Ooh. Just feel a little something in the air. You can feel it in your fingers. You can feel it in your toes. Oh, no. Okay. And on that low point from Christian. <laughs> Hello there. We need to... 
we need to pick up this podcast with some extraordinary news. Well, there are names we get sent into us on the DMs, Fast Curious Pod on Instagram and on TikTok and on our emails, fastandcurious at acast.com. There are emails we get in with people saying, can you get this driver on? We listen, we take your feedback on board, and there's been one name that has popped up. And it's possibly an unsurprising name, isn't it, Betty? But it, no, but it's also it's also ridiculous that we've even managed to get this person, seeing as, you know, they're quite busy, they've been quite successful. Yes. Very successful. Well, it's it's because people just bloody love Damon Hill. <laughs> I'd love to get Damon Hill on the podcast. No, me too. I was, I was, I was using his name as a punchline, and to be fair, a good one. Go on then. Who are we getting on next podcast? On the next episode of the Fast and the Curious, the double world champion Max Verstappen will be on this podcast. Yes. So yeah, the actual world champion Max Verstappen and championship leader will be on this podcast, and you'll be able to hear that over the course of the Monaco Grand Prix weekend. Don't forget to hit, and we've said this before: subscribe or follow or whatever you have on your chosen provider, because you will then get notified when it pops into your feed. Because we can throw out episodes at any point, i.e., when we get the world champion saying, "Do you fancy a quick chat?" and we go. Good God in heaven, yes. So thank you for listening and congratulations on yet another great chat with a a fascinating F1 person. We'll be back just before the Monaco Grand Prix with, as we've said, the world champion. We bid you farewell. Farewell. Bye. No, no, you said farewell. Sorry. (laughs) Farewell. (laughs) 